1: What's up, everyone? Thanks so much for listening to the Go Long Podcast. Hey, I just wanted to give everybody a heads up. Um, If you haven't checked it out yet or you don't subscribe to GoLongTD.com, we have a story up right now on Kayvon Thibodeau, the New York Giants, really the the regime of Joe Shane and Brian Dayball. This is their first draft pick, Um, the edge rusher out of Oregon, somebody who may be the single best player in the draft. You're talking about explosion, playmaking, He's got it all at one of the most important positions. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on away from the field that might have scared off a team here, a coach there from the old guard. So I just try to talk to everybody who knows Kayvon Thibodeau best to figure out if he really is somebody who can help save the New York Giants, a team that we dug deep into late last season. You may remember that the end of the Dave Gettleman era and how he kind of drove that team to rock bottom. Well, Shane and Dayball, they got to turn it around. They'll, they'll get around a quarterback, I'd, I'd assume, at some point. Daniel Jones is going to get his shot here in 2022, and and Dayball may get the best out of him. But first, they decided to go with Thibodeau, and I chatted with Tim DeRuiter, his defensive coordinator at Texas A&M, uh, his trainer, his agent who's part of the Clutch sports agency group that also reps LeBron James, and... Yeah, he's got a lot of interest outside of football. We got into all of that. But here on the podcast, I thought it'd be great to share my interview with uh, Jeff Schwartz, or I should say uh, some excerpts from that interview. He was fascinating, informative, uh, one of the best NFL analysts in the game, the former NFL offensive lineman. You can follow him on social media. And he also has his own podcast, Jeff Schwartz is Smarter Than You. And when it comes to Kayvon Thibodeau, he has watched every single one of his snaps at Oregon he went to Oregon himself as a player. He played for the New York Giants. So he's very familiar with the market, with the team, with the expectations, and how far they have to go.
0: So here's, here's what I feel about, about KT. Um, You know, he is, I never really understood the lack of effort thing. Like, if you watch him play, either as a true freshman, he blocked a punt as a true freshman in a Pac-12 championship game, um, you know, then there was that weird COVID year which he played well but I kind of feel like in general that year should be thrown out. Like, that's just a bad year for everyone, especially out West, right? The Pac-12 played six games but he still played well in those games, right? And he played really well during, like USC in the Pac-12 championship game. Like, he's, been a, a big game player for Oregon and then we go into this this past season where you know I think if you made the argument like if he just sat out all season he would have been drafted in the exact same spot right like mm-hmm. he, he didn't have to play he comes, you know, first week of the season, first drive of, of, of the of the season, he gets a pressure on third down. The very next play on first down of, of that next drive, he strip sacks the Fresno quarterback, and then he gets hurt the next drive. And I think when he got hurt, he was running down the field. When he got hurt, he got cooked from behind. I think he just decided, like, look, man, I'm not going to run down field and hurt myself again. Like yeah. that, like, because like, if you watch him, like, snap, to gain the quarterback man and, and chasing them the, the the running back, it's great. Like I don't I never really got this lack of effort thing that I didn't see it on film. Yeah, is he was he running thirty yards downfield? No, but was Aiden Hutchinson doing that every play? Like I just didn't get the I didn't get the, the 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 the. I just didn't. I thought there was like a buy, and I think this is a general thing about West Coast players. Like if you look at the way people talk about Justin Herbert, I even go back to the way people talk about Haloti Nada when when I was in college at Oregon. Like, oh, you know, just kind of like laid back, you know, the effort. I don't, really, I don't know I don't, the personalities. I just, I'm not quite sure. Um, so I just didn't. I didn't see that. Now the football things that that I think are an, an issue. Whereas his hand usage, right, his hand usage needs to improve. Um, he has a great first step. I think he plays the run better than he got credit for. Um, I think if you watch him play against, you know, Jackson Kirkland and Abe Lucas, like he's taking these guys, he's pushing them back in the back, like into the into the backfield, of making tackles for loss throughout his entire time in Oregon. Um, but I much like Justin Herbert. When I when I kind of gave my thoughts on him in the NFL, I said like I want to see him in a scheme that, that uses all his tools to his advantage. Yeah. And if you watch him play at Oregon, you know one play he's he's rushing the passer, the next play he's dropping the coverage, then he's playing you know four eye in a base defense, and then he's playing Sam linebacker, and then he's dropping the coverage again, and then he's rushing the passer like. They just didn't put his hand in the ground and say, go rush the passer every play. Yeah. And I think when you put, you know, when you put him in, in, in a defense, which I'm sure in New York, he's going to say, hey, go get the passer. Like, I want you to spend all your time working on hitting the quarterback. And I think that's going to make him a much better football player. And I just don't buy this effort thing. I just lack effort man. I don't buy the... Oh, he has he has he has he has a life after football, a lot off the field. Okay, so is everybody like? Who cares? Who cares? Like, can you can you rush the passer or not? like, like that's his job. Rush right. the passer. So um, I I I just I didn't get a lot of the gripes about him, and I feel like in general that's just a, an anti West Coast thing, man. You know, guys from USC, I don't know about their efforts. You know, we always hear this stuff about guys from the West Coast. I don't like it. I get the concerns about you know ankle flexion and mobility there I think it's you know kind of turning the corner but his first step is so strong man like yeah. it's just his ceiling is so high if he gets you know with a coach you can help him work on his hands
1: what does the first step remind you of? I mean anybody you faced anybody that you
0: watch? um I don't remember I mean I, don't, I mean it's you know the problem is I, I don't like these comparisons because they end up being unfair to like yeah because either cave on, like like you know, like Aaron Donald has a great get off right like you know Miles Garrett has a great get off it's unfair to be like, well, yeah, so does Kayvon Thibodeau. Like, <laughs> yeah, kind of like yeah. any of those guys. I mean, I just think he's, he's just really quick off the ball. You look at all the best defensive ends. you look at Garrett and Watt and you know, TJ and, and JJ, like, it's the ability to really stress the offensive lineman by being quick off the ball. I mean, that's what Donald does so well. I mean, he does many things well, but he really stresses offensive linemen because his get-off is so good that if you're late at all, you're screwed. And then if you try to jump out there too quickly, he goes inside on you, right? And so, like, there's the ability, and Kayvon did some of that in college where guys, you know, would, he would jump in front of you and whatnot. Um, you know, he'd jump inside when guys overset him because he was so quick off the ball. So there's many, like, it's, again, it's unfair to compare him to anybody because yeah. I just feel like that's, that's unfair for everyone. Um, and I just, that's the way I look at it. Um, I look at him, just, he's kind of, he, you Kind going of to have to start from somewhere to be really elite, and that's kind of his, like, he can start from that point. And he's going to have a good get-off and work from there.
1: Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau is the first hand-picked player for this franchise trying to reboot in a lot of ways. So uh, with Jeff Schwartz here on the next clip I'll share, he gets into why he believes Thibodeau is, is perfect for those expectations.
0: I I said this When he was drafted, um, to a buddy of mine who has connections to the kind of Giants marketing department, and I was like, "This is like the greatest thing the Giants could ask for." Like the Giants encourage players to be to kind of use the media, right? Like the the New York media is going to use us, right? Like, but they, you know, look at the amount of Giants players that have gone on to broadcasting careers or, or launched, you know, you know, launched products or you know, kind of been media personalities because other time in New York. And it's part of, like, what happens there just because there's so much media around. And, like, there's appearances, and there's charity events. And, you know, I played for four teams, and it was, like, by far the team that, you know, there was appearances. And, like, you you know, on a, on a Tuesday when you're when you're two and four, the locker room is packed with media members. Yeah. Like, it's into, so, like, you need, in my opinion, a player like Kayvon, who obviously, again, I want to emphasize, works very hard at football, but will also embrace, you know, just the, the part the kind of the, the big city feel of New York and the media and stuff like that. Like, that I think is, is important to that. I mean, Eli was like the outlier. Like, Eli, mm-hmm. you know, was just like, and even then, like, Eli had a weekly radio show on, like, W weekly radio on WFAN. Like, that's a thing that, like, that's you know, part of kind of playing New York is if you're good you have to embrace the media around you and I think Kevon perfect for that. But I think again like the personality has I think I think I think New York can overwhelm you if you're not ready for that right and he yeah. certainly is ready for that that environment right of kind of embracing. Um, you know what is what is around you and, and the media and, and the opportunities and again there's just a lot of things to do like there's charity events and there's things like you just don't have the odds there's opportunities in other cities um, and you know the the giants are okay with that other teams like just aren't okay with with you know the, these options you have to do outside of
1: football and we didn't get into this in the story at goalongtd.com on Kvon Thibodeau but I uh, wanted to include it here on the podcast Jeff Schwartz had a pretty interesting perspective uh, and an interesting take on Brian Dayball you know this is a coach who puts the pro level the college level but not just that he, he's really been through some hard times and I thought that Jeff Schwartz made a really good point here on uh, why just kind of going through some turbulence helps you. you eventually get into that seat as a head coach trying to turn around a team like the New York Giants.
0: The, the thing I like about Dable is that I don't know him at all. But, you know, I was skeptical when he got that job in Buffalo, right? Because if you look at kind of where he, his history as an OC and kind of where he was at and quarterback coach, like, outside New England, you know, where he wasn't even calling plays, it wasn't very good, right? Like, it was just kind of like that. But then he went to Alabama. And I feel like he really evolved and adapted. And like that's what makes a great coach is the ability to 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 change and adapt and mold and and just change who you are to fit your players. And I I was so impressed with what he did in Buffalo. That I'm really high on him. Like, I think that's an important quality. I think a lot of coaches don't do that. They don't. They're not like you know what. I need to be different. I need to do something different because it fits my personality. You know, what I used to do doesn't work. And you know. And, and obviously. He's going to be tasked with fixing Daniel Jones, at least for trying to do it for a year. Um, you know, I don't know if he's going to turn him into Josh Allen. Probably not. Okay. But he will earn my respect for just his ability to, do, to, you know, just to change who he had been in Buffalo. I was very impressed by that. That, that to me, is a sign of a really good coach. And again, I think, again, I think the ability, like, to me, if you look at the best coaches, right, like if we look at the NFL, we look at, at you know, at, at Bill Belichick, right? What does he always do well? He evolves, right? Yeah. Andy Reid, right, through all the years with all with quarterbacks and offenses, right? I think now they're evolving kind of maybe – back into more of his I think my guess is they're going to go back to some of the base stuff in the West Coast offense that he's done and you look at even you know Mike Tomlin for so many years you know he's changed his offense over the years you know defense has been pretty much the same which it should be because they're very good on defense but you know he went from you know just like a you know pure 3-4 to now you know there are more nickel stuff right and so just like it's the ability to adapt. John, you know, how about John Harbaugh, right? I mean, look, at, he just changed offense <laughs> in the middle of the season. And it's a nice. quarterback that, you know, that an offense that really has not been seen in the NFL and done it at a high level. Like, I think it's so important. I think Dable has shown the ability, at least in Buffalo, to really do that.
1: So we'll see. I mean, the Giants have a ways to go here. They had to get rid of a lot of contracts. Um, That's the Dave Gettleman effect. I mean, the cap was in a really bad place. They had to uh, hit reset to uh, try to get this thing going. And and it all comes down to the quarterback. Let's be real. If you can't figure out the quarterback, you're going to be fighting uphill for a while. I mean, we just had Doug Whaley on the happy hour, and he broke that all down. You look back at some of Doug Whaley and Jim Monas' drafts. They drafted some really good players. They just couldn't figure out the quarterback position. So Brian Dayball knows that. Joe Shane knows that. Uh, Daniel Jones, they'll they'll put him in the best position to succeed that they can this season, but if the fumbles continue, if the interceptions continue, if the injuries continue, yeah, you, you have to move on, and I think it was smart to do what they did, we've talked about it, but to kind of look ahead to that 2023 draft, which in theory is going to be a heck of a lot richer than what we just saw in 2022, In addition to uh, the vets that could become available, who, who knows what the quarterback landscape looks like then. Not to get too far down that road, but yeah, it's all about the quarterback in New York. But in the now, if you've got two picks at the top of the draft at five, at seven, you could do a lot worse than what the Giants did in Kayvon Thibodeau, arguably the best edge rusher in this draft, and Evan Neal, an offensive tackle to protect you know, you hope the blind side for years to come for whoever is quarterback for your team. So uh, two premium positions that take care of them. I don't know how many games the Giants are going to win this season. It might be four, it might be five, but I think there's a good chance that we'll all kind of look back at this 2022 draft as as a turning point, a potential turning point uh, for the Giants and who knows, maybe even the Jets. Uh, it's that time of year. I get it. We, we can really... Uh, Get optimistic on just about anything uh, in the NFL when it comes to June, but you have to like where both New Jersey teams are heading right now, and then we're going to see how the quarterbacks play, and then we'll either double down on that kind of opinion or remain skeptical. All right, to get the whole story on Kayvon Thibodeau, his game, his off-the-field interests, and he's into quite a bit, whether it's... NFTs and working with Phil Knight with Nike, uh, head on over to our publication, newsletter, website, golongtd.com. And we've mentioned it a few times on here. uh, If you'd like to hang out with Jim Monis and myself for a podcast at Hamburg Brewing Company, and you live in or around Western New York, who knows? Maybe you live in Wisconsin. Maybe you live in California. Maybe you live in Singapore and in London and Vancouver like some of our subscribers, and, and you still want to make your way over to the brewery, head on over, have a beer, and, and we'll have you right on the podcast. So uh, just let me know at golongtd at gmail.com. My DMs are always open on Twitter as well. Thanks so much for listening, everybody.